Wow, welcome to All Packed Up. We are huge fans of getting out of the house and going, so here's something to listen to on the way. Man, we meet a ton of great people and have so many conversations that we want to share with you guys. We want this to be educational uh, and also super inspirational. Uh, we've got some great guests lined up, getting to all sorts of things from getting into fly fishing for the first time to traveling across the country uh, with, with minimal gear. For this first episode, it's the Pack Mule crew, myself, Coleman, Haley, and Kansas, the man. Uh, Kansas had just gotten back from a trip to Mexico with his fam, so we get to hear about that wild adventure. Um, we also get to hear about Pack Mule's inception and sort of when and why of that story. That being said, let's get into episode number one. Here we go. All right, guys. Are we cool now or what? Have we, yeah. have we made it now that we have We've, uh, a podcast? The technology realm. We're legit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kansas, welcome back to uh, the States. Yeah, America. Yeah. America, as we like to talk yeah tell us uh, a little about your trip H- highs lows um uh the highs were that you uh uh sort of force your family to all spend time together okay you know they don't have friends that they're running off to and you really get you kind of experience some new thing together and uh the emotions and you know all those things that sort of come with it and uh and nobody got any fights through them not really. I mean, it's impressive. The kids were certainly really? not excited about it in the beginning. Yeah. And it took it, it was an honest week for all of us to sort of get settled and get our bearings about us, but um Yeah, I mean, um in total the family was down there for 3 weeks and a couple of days in Guanajuato, Mexico, wow. and then um I was back for I don't know 6 or 7 days, something like that, 6 days. Uh for um, the audience or the listeners who don't know why you were down there. Uh, why, why are we down there? Yeah, we just, uh, <laughs> we just, you know, our kids have been in a Spanish immersion program since kindergarten, but without real application on why. Mm-hmm. And uh, our oldest is going to be a junior and uh, she's 100% fluent. And honestly, without her, uh, it would have been a lot tougher. Really? Crossing the border and some other things. Wow. She, so she was vital and, and. Yeah, I mean. I don't, I don't think any of us, including herself, realized how fluent she was until she was dumped in the middle of all of it, which was kind of the That's point awesome. of going. Yeah. And so, um, so everybody went to school from nine to noon, and um, you know worked on Spanish, and they had culture, cultural experiences where we'd go to different places in the city, and you know meet in the markets, and just get their bearings about them yeah and um it was pretty good That's i mean cool. uh, living in a whole different place whole and, different world you know yeah the majority of people don't speak english and so you got to kind of figure it out pretty quick yeah uh the weather was sure great there it's in, in the mountains elevation That's right like 60 600 feet and so the high of 81 82 versus you guys here <laughs> melting like 120 20 yeah. degrees <laughs> north of 150 that. degrees uh um, yeah the consequence though is that there's no air conditioning and so mm. sometimes it gets a little warm right as you're trying to go to bed you know the okay. concrete buildings are all warmed up from the sun yeah and um kind of go to sleep with that little sweat gotta have a lot of fans blowing on you 
and the windows yeah. are open and um, there's not a lot of bugs which is surprising you would think there but there's like gaps in the construction of the buildings and stuff yeah uh but we went on some hikes and did a lot of mountain biking and um you know got to go out and explore outside of just being in the city and in that piece and um you know everybody has a lot of concern not everybody but a majority of people have a lot of concern based on media and reports and things that are going on in Mexico that it's, you know, it's unsafe to be there and unsafe to drive. And I'm sure that there is an element of unsafety, unsafety is that a word? <laughs> danger. Of danger. There you go. Hey, there Thanks, you go. Haley. You're welcome. That's why we have her. Yep. <laughs> and uh, uh, I never felt unsafe. We never yeah. had an experience. We drove. Um, you know, it's about 10 or 11 hours from Nuevo Laredo, the border to Guanajuato driving through Mexico. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the no passing problems. lanes are crazy. Passing lanes are crazy. <laughs> Most of the vehicles, when you're not on the toll road, drive half on the shoulder and half off. Okay. Uh, and the middle stripe is your center lane for passing. What in the world? So a two-lane road is very easily a, a four-lane. Yeah, it's easily a three-lane. <laughs> yeah, uh, normal. And uh, yeah, if you're not paying attention and you're driving in your lane, an 18-wheeler is going to run over. Sideswipe <laughs> you. Just in your lane. We will be right be. in your lane. Yeah, because every the thing is, is that there is some amount of courtesy where people people move out of the way. So if you're, you know. If it's an 18-wheeler, for instance, they'll be off to the shoulder. They'll flip their blinker to let you know that it's clear for you to go past. And so then as you're coming, if another car is in their lane and they see you, they move over. It's sort of just the way that they drive, I suspect. I'm not saying that with authority. I didn't read a book or go on a podcast there to learn more about it. But but um, versus here, you know, if you try to pass somebody and you're in their lane, they don't want to pull over to the shoulder. They flash their lights and they honk at you and they get upset that you're trying to that doesn't sound like Americans at all. Yeah. yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. And so, um, so it's certainly interesting. Uh, it had my whole car puckered up, but for me, it felt like a video game. It was pretty fun. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> you took the pack mule with you? Yeah. Oh yeah. We had the pack mule pack and a uh, cooler on the back. And we had a couple bikes mounted. There you go. We had them mounted in a way that we could still open the glass to get into the stuff that was mm-hmm. necessary in the yeah. rear, which is awesome. Yeah. That's the idea. That's and, cool. uh, you know, interestingly enough, and uh, we didn't get any pictures, but in Guanajuato, there are people that are still carrying stuff around the streets with pack mules, like the origin <laughs> animal. Oh, yeah, the actual. Yes. yes. Yeah. The and, inspo. Uh, the, yeah, so I you're mean, walking literally. down the street, and all of a sudden, here comes a pack mule, and he's got a bunch of produce or something strapped yeah. to the back of it. It's awesome. Yeah. And and he looks over and sees our pack mule. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what is it? What is it? He's like, whoa. You're using me? He's, he's attracted. It's like a mirror. <laughs> What's going on here? It's like, who's better? I think it's that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Speak uh, a little bit to the like the culture of of people going outside. I know there's bike trails and hiking trails and stuff like that, but it, do people care about that like they do here? I mean, it's like a There's a huge riding community there. There was this big bike park with a bunch of downhill there were other bikes like ours that were there. You know, you yeah. don't really know, but like when you see guys with a bunch of high-end bikes. American-made? Mm-hmm, yeah, there are American-made okay. bikes down there. Uh, big downhill bikes, dual crown bikes, cross-country nice. bikes. Um, and uh, there was a gravel community too. There were a bunch of guys on gravel bikes. Um, I think 
my son told me this, um, that he saw that Red Bull has like an urban downhill race through the streets there. It's a very oh, really? hilly town and there's oh. tunnels and all this other stuff. And so, um, you know, coming from 800 feet of elevation and going to 6,600, riding your bike up those hills initially wins you pretty quickly. And, um, coming down is fun, but it's mostly cobblestone and bricks. So it's a, it's a not smooth sailing, so yeah. to speak, but there's lots of stairs. Yeah. You know, you come down these different areas of stairs, but a lot of folks ride motorcycles around. Most of the, the smaller streets are too narrow for a vehicle. In fact, some of the driving streets are too narrow for a vehicle. And, uh, and uh, we learned that when we first came in, <laughs> in a, a three-quarter ton Suburban. And I maybe turned on the wrong street. I'm not really sure where we were, but I, ha I honestly am still, I can't say I've ever known what PTSD is like but i have a little bit of ptsd <laughs> driving around white knuckling town. it yeah i mean we had to fold the mirrors yeah. in on the car and i still thought we were going to scrape down the side of the suburban. oh my gosh and you come around a hairpin turn and you're you're having to austin powers it yeah. And, uh, yeah and then you're not really sure what's next and you're going downhill so you know that if you end up in some dead end that you're you know because you don't really know what the destination is it says you're going where you're supposed to be in a vehicle, right. but you're in this big vehicle and everybody else there is in matchbox cars. Right. And you realize if we get to a spot where we can't keep going, we have to back up through this somehow, which, uh, so I honestly got out at one point and just had to go for a walk before we kept going. I was like, just to see what's around the, uh, more yeah. to just breathe Take a breather. <laughs> and get the full uh, awesome steam, get the fullness out of my yeah. chest. Yeah. Um, yeah. If a kid spoke during that, oh, yeah. it was over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was backseat drivers. Yeah. And I think it's the adrenaline. Yeah. Like we have that. a lot of backs. I have a side seat and a backseat yep. driver in that car now. Yeah. That let me know when I'm. Sounds fun. Yeah. Doing wrong. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So that was great. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, there's definitely like an ecotourism thing going on there for the different hikes. Yeah. Uh, lots of land, lots of um, terrain. Just uh, there's not a lot of water there. I mean, it's right. very much a high mountain desert type situation. Yeah. Um, but this one bike park that we went to looked like North Carolina. You know, we drove 30 minutes north of town. Yeah. And the, the landscape and the vegetation everything was completely different than where we were staying mm. in town which is pretty wild yeah that's interesting and then it's, lots of places driving through there reminded me of west texas too you know a lot of oh, big sure. bend areas so yeah it you know i know it's another country but it's connected to texas so a lot of that translates right. you know right a lot of bear crossing signs on the highway which is interesting no bears really? i've never seen any bears but i've heard that there's lots of bears down there but it, yeah. i mean as soon as you cross the border you can see the mountains in the distance and right. nuevo leon and um, about the about the time you're getting into Monterey, you're just surrounded by mountains all yeah. the way to Guanajuato. It's pretty incredible. It's really pretty. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, yeah, that that terrain doesn't really change. I mean, until you're well into Texas, I feel like. Yeah. As far as being in West Texas, it's cool. It seems like, uh, you know, as far as like the the biking community or whatever, the outdoorsy people, it seems very like it would be very authentic. You know, in America, you have the let's go take our phones and let's 
just really get cool pictures of everybody. Yeah, for the gram and yeah. stuff. And I feel like there's not really none these of were that dudes yet. and just old pickups <laughs> right. and uh, and gals too. Dudes can be uh, right uh, a combined sex term, I suppose. Um, and uh, I mean, they're just there's three bikes on the back of a tailgate and two yeah. people sitting in the bed and two people in the cab. Yeah, and uh, they're just driving these dirt roads. And, and they're like, let's just go. Yeah, no cell service or anything either. So no, it's like, no, yeah. you're just out there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, well, that's cool. Uh, you know, for those of you who are listening, um, this is our first episode of All Packed Up Pack Meals Podcast. A lot of peas in there. Uh, you know, if if you haven't had a chance to go see our video about um, how we produce, um, how we manufacture each pack meal by hand. Go watch that on our YouTube or Instagram stuff. But I wanted to sit down with Kansas and kind of um, ask him the story of, of when and, and why. I feel like that's a story that it's not really as um, publicly talked about. I know I've heard it, and it's really interesting um, you know, as far as being on, on the boat, fishing, and kind of coming up with this, well, this having this revelation yeah. of what, what needs to be done in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean uh, – yeah, I, um, you know, I really believe that kind of the, and, and maybe even prior to kids, I just wanted to go and see and yeah. explore. I've never been totally. one that wanted to watch sports on TV or really even in person. I just wanted to go do things. I don't want to watch other people do things. <laughs> I wanted to do things. Yeah. And so I might see something that might inspire me, but I don't want to watch them be great at it. I want to go figure out how to do it. And so, um. So I've always, um, I've been into sort of less traditional sports, I guess, most of my life. And, um, and then kind of a gearhead, you know, mm -hmm. the equipment that helps you go do these things and allows you to focus on those experiences in the moment and not just, you know, not be distracted by weather or whatever else it is, um, and so then having kids and wanting to give them that experience, not having grown up with that, not having a, you know, father that was around that was taking me to do those things, but always wanting to do it. I wanted to, I wanted to keep doing these things and I wanted my kids to experience these things. And so road trips have been a big part of our, our family. And, um, and in most cases, you know, if you were to, if my kids were sitting here, they would, they would tell you in their words about the disasters that a lot of our trips have been. <laughs> Which, you know, the reality is that an adventure is is experiencing something new and then and then mitigating it, you know, solving the problem, figuring out what the experience means and how you handle it, and how you deal with it. And so in a lot of these cases, like driving to Mexico, luckily there was nothing that was a big issue. But, you know, we've been to Big Bend Ranch State Park and Big Bend National Park in Colorado and Montana and New Mexico and um the carolinas and just kind of all over the place and in most cases i've never been to do these things where we you do your research and you kind of learn and then you go do it and so you know for instance at big ben ranch state park we got there past check-in because getting into the center was longer than we expected a float trip we had was took longer than the float guide had had told us and so we went straight to our campsite 
thought we were taking a shortcut and uh, pinstriped a couple cars getting there and uh, and uh, you know had some emotions going on in that car <laughs> and then um, we got to the campsite and it blew like 35 miles an hour all night it was cold and like blowing gravel and stuff all over the cars and uh so the next morning we're like well nobody knows we're here we're in big ben ranch state park which is super remote and there's certainly yeah. no service and we should at least go check in so if something happens somebody knows we're here right there's always a safety element to it and uh, you don't want to be dumb and so um but taking risks is all part of it i think so <laughs> Right. And so then we realized, all right, well, I'm not going to leave everybody here and then drive 45 minutes to check in and 45 minutes back. And nobody want, I, everybody don't want to load up in a car and go do that drive and then come back to the campsite. And so I thought, let's pack up because it's so windy and crazy. Nobody slept that night. Let's go see if they have a campsite that's a little bit closer to check-in area and um, just pivot, right? And so... Um, so we pack up and we drive in and, and we do the check-in and they've, they don't, they don't really have a campsite or maybe they do have one that's kind of close, but it's real close. And they also have this like bunkhouse. I'm like, well, how much is the bunkhouse? So we ended up staying in the bunkhouse that night instead of camping out, which I thought was a fun experience and it was fine for them. But, um, but you know, they think back on that, like, oh gosh, that was such a tough trip. And I'm like, whatever, we pinstriped some cars right, and like right, right. it got windy one night. To me, yeah. it's like no big deal. The yeah. the it was like their their understanding of like a, it was a disaster is way different than mine. Yeah, like somebody's going to a hospital, yeah. right? Or yeah. you're or you're, or you're trekking twenty miles on <laughs> yeah. foot because your car broke down somewhere. That's a disaster. Right. That's disaster. Um, yeah, but you know we've camped on Padre Island National Seashore and under foggy, damp conditions for three days and you know that's not very fun because it's wet and you're it's not warm and it's supposed to be spring break right disaster yeah, you know? yeah exactly but um <laughs> but it's all part of it you know and yeah. what i was starting to say earlier is really all you leave your children is memories and so create as many as you possibly can and yeah. try to make them the best that they can be and and always pivot you know all these trips it's just about to pivot and so that was a long lead into the reason that i started pack mule and um so going you know, and I get super frustrated uh, trying to pack and then trying to manage where your gear is once you're at your destination. Inevitably, if it's all stuffed in one place, you can't get that one thing without half unpacking and getting it and then repacking everything. And um, we've always got a dog with us and um, you end up with a cooler and then a bunch of luggage. And so trying to, trying to even all this gear and then get your dog in and out because he's got to use the restroom while you're on the road and so we tried rooftop boxes but honestly you climb up to the roof of a full-size vehicle to load and unload stuff there's a number of times under icy you know mountain conditions where i thought i'm going to slip and fall and and something's going to break yeah. you know disaster yeah that's disaster, <laughs> disaster. <laughs> um and uh and none of the hitch racks you know that go in a receiver really worked you couldn't they weren't very large they i had no confidence in their construction that everything was going to hold up to what we go do uh because we're not we're not tame you know i mean we're <laughs> we're trying to push it and so um uh and they wobbled all over the place and then when they were loaded you couldn't open up the back without then unloading 
the gear off of those. And it was just a really dumb situation. And so I had built one out of steel and it worked pretty well, uh, but it was really heavy. It was over 80 pounds. And, um, and my back was going all going out all the time and, and was just having issues with that. It was, if I wasn't using it, it was leaned up against a fence and getting rained on and the paint was chipping off of it and it was all rusty. And, you know, every time you'd use it, you'd get a wire brush and scrape it down and then spray paint it. So it didn't look like a piece of junk on the back of your semi nice car. And then, um, the alternate was that I would leave it in the hitch and just not take it off and drive around with it a bunch. And, um, but it had these hard welded corners and my daughter, um, who's about to be 15 was riding her tricycle around. This is how long ago that was. <laughs> so however old you are when you're riding a tricycle, tricycle. doing the quick math, here, three, yeah. three, maybe. Yeah. And, um, she's in the driveway. I'm in the garage doing something and she's kind of getting faster and more brazen and leaning into the turns, you know, and <laughs> trying to drift that tricycle daughter right there. Yeah. And, uh, catches her shoulder on the, on the hard welded corner and it, flips her forward and she cuts her forehead open on a bungee oh. cord that's attached to a hook. And, um, so one of our doctor, our neighbors is a doctor. And so we take him over, take Noah over there and she, uh, you know, she's crying and, uh, and the doctor says, well, we're just going to butterfly it. So that way she doesn't have a scar, you know, no pretty little girl should have a scar on her forehead. And I'm like, Oh, ruined my daughter's life. Perfect. <laughs> Great dad move. You know, we get, have this thing on the back. So I take it off the back and, um, I'm barefoot or foot flops or something and my back tweaks as I pull it off and I drop it on my foot and say oh every four letter word I can say. <laughs> and, and that was kind of my, there has to be a better way. Yeah. A couple weeks later, I'm on my boat kind of heading back into Matagorda Bay after chasing some redfish. My dog's on the back of the boat. I'm drinking a cold one, listening to some tunes and um, I'm holding on to the windshield grab rail and I still have this. There's got to be a better way, you know, circulating right. somewhere in the back of my head. And uh, I look at the grab rail and it's aluminum and it's pipe. So it's easy to hold on to. It feels good in my hand. It's curved. There's no hard welded corners. It's not rusting. It's lightweight. And I'm kind of thinking through, well, they've got them on tuna towers for boats. And so they got to be strong. And um, so I figured, well, somebody's got to have already come up with this. And I did a big research, uh, you know, which is called Google. And, uh, <laughs> Ever heard of it? And uh, couldn't couldn't find anything, and so um, so I just laid it out in the driveway how I wanted it. You know, I wanted to hold two Yeti sixty five quarts side by side. This was kind of in the early days of the Yeti coolers being around still, but I had one on my boat. I had a big one on my boat and a smaller one on my boat, and so I thought, well, the sixty five is a pretty good size. If I could put two of those side by side, that takes up the full real estate of the back end of the vehicle, and then I can easily secure them underneath the lid with our, with the mule straps, mm -hmm. the cam buckle straps. So I've got instant access to the cooler contents. The top of the cooler becomes like a cutting board and a prep station and a bar. And then, um, and then, uh, I still wanted to, while it's loaded like that, be able to raise the lift gate so I get my dog in and out of the back. And so I just worked out the dimensions and then sort of through that process, I said, well, what if you could take a 45 and turn it long ways? Maybe you can't open your lift gate, but if you're really going like on an elk trip or something, you wanted to pack it out just giving some flexibility in the design. Yeah. And so, um, so you can sort of load it less and have full access, or you can really load it down and still pop the glass, right. And get into the back mm -hmm. if you need to, maybe on those types of trips, maybe you don't have a dog. And so, um, so laid it out and, uh, had one built up 
and then first trip I was taking some clients dove hunting in South Texas and you know after five hours I pull into the dove field it's this artesian well sort of bubbling in this field and hit the button and you know the lift gate opens and I walk back pop the kennel open my dog jumps out raises the cooler and I grab out a cold beer you know oh, this is good <laughs> hey boys let's hunt set the beer down saunter over to the other side slide my shotgun out got my bag right there with my shells put my bird bag on like everything's easy yeah everybody else has got the like a full texas tornado going on where they're throwing everything on the ground trying to get access to everything and figure out where it is in the back of their vehicle and uh, they're like how did you do that and so i show them this thing i'm so proud of it wasn't a pack mill at the time it was just this awesome cargo rack that i designed and built and uh and so one of the guys there was like man i'm your first customer i want one of those <laughs> i said well i'm not making these yeah, for people yeah, yeah. you know i mean the amount of money it costs to have that one-off built at the time was right. nuts i'm sure and so um and so uh that was in the fall and then through the summer you know we road tripped up to montana and picked up an english pointer at a kennel up there and uh, visited friends in colorado and just went through yellowstone did everything it was super fun and uh, probably a disaster, according to my kids. We'll see. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but they they remember it. Yeah, oh, they will. And uh, I'm giving them maybe a little bit of a hard time, but yeah. uh, but they'll love to hear it. And so, um, uh, but at rest stops and gas stations and wherever we stopped, people were asking us about it. How'd you do that? You know, we'd open it up, the dog would jump out. And um, so I realized, man, people, there's other people out there that, are looking for high quality gear that functions so they can go do these things they want. So we don't make gear that is necessarily fun. Right. We just want to support you in going to do those fun things. We want yeah. it to integrate seamlessly into what you're into what you're doing. And so, you know, I built it or the original one to be the best. I wasn't I wasn't in a price category trying to figure out how to like fit within this market or, you know, be price conscious of other brands and products similar uh, they were on the market. Right. I was just trying to build something that I could count on and I knew would right. do whatever I asked it to right. do. Cause you're building it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's fully welded. I don't want to have to mess with our bolts coming loose. You know, we've worked really hard on designing an anti wobble connection. So it's locked into your hitch includes the lock. So nobody's going to steal it, but huge in size. So regardless of what you're going to put on the back, it's going to work. I mean, I've picked up a three wheeler and loaded it on the back of it. I mean, it's not meant to do that, but it works, you know, yeah. just like, it's there to help you do what you need to do and yeah. go go be your better self and and go make those memories and experiences with your friends and your family and and yeah. if it's just you trying to get out into the elk woods and get quiet man it'll help you get there too yeah shoot there you go there's the story of why yeah speaking back to the um the kids thinking it's a disaster thing i'll i'll say that there are many times as a kid that i was like mom and dad this sucks why would you ever <laughs> But now I look back at it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. So not to say that they will do that or promise you anything, yeah. but yeah. hopefully they will look back on that one day. and I uh, have high yeah. hopes. <laughs> yeah. You uh, probably won't see that until they have kids. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so for a couple of years, you were doing construction. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was just a side project. And, you know, yeah. I just wanted to see if we could make 100 of them and sell them to people that wanted it. Yeah. Kind of through that process, you know, uh, the name came together and the logo came together and all these things that really allow us to kind of 
become something more than just a side project building yeah. some cargo racks for buddies and um and then everybody loves it we you know these people would reach out as we started to sell them and say thank you for making the best hitch rack on you know right. that i've ever used or f- making a great piece of equipment you know and i'm kind of like in shock just thinking well thank you for buying it you know? <laughs> yeah. i mean like, yeah, yeah, i was gonna yeah, say yeah. so I when can't... was the first time yeah, that you exactly. thought to yourself like holy smokes this could be a real thing this could be legit this could be worth leaving quitting my job yeah. and putting it all on the line uh that's Never. a tough one uh, <laughs> still wondering uh i don't know i mean i think when i don't know if this is true for everybody but you know you have this vision of what it can be but the, the road to get there is is not easy you mm-hmm. know and so you're kind of constantly have this great idea and this great vision you just hope that you're able to execute it on well and so um so we just kind of keep putting one foot in front of the other i've i've i'm sure that there there wasn't a day specifically but there was just a point where it had happened yeah. so we're like 2017 probably sometime during 2018 i started recognizing that this could be something more than i really thought and uh and what does that mean? And what's next? And I, you know, bootstrapped it for a long time. And, um, and so then in 2019, you know, worked through what does it look like to put a little money behind this thing so that I can, you know, quit my job and put all my effort into it. I mean, I was working, you know, I don't know, some crazy amount of hours working my day job. Does not sound like a, you at all. Growing a construction <laughs> business, you know, for somebody else in Houston and Austin. Um, you know, during the day and, and till whatever time in the afternoon and then, um, and then coming home, eating dinner with family for a short period of time and then kind of working through the night on whatever pack meal stuff needed to happen and weekends at trade shows and traveling around and try, just talking to dealers and trying to grow it and get a footprint. And then, um, and then sort of in the same vein, when I, when I, focused full-time on pack mule was the same deal you know just trying to put in all that same amount of hours but all on the pack mule and uh so it's been um it's been super fun and still like i get teary-eyed and fired up when customers send us these emails just telling us how much they love it and sharing their adventures with us and memories of making yeah. with their friends and family that we made a difference for them yeah yeah it's awesome and that's my that's honestly my biggest goal when I told my wife, Hey, I, I really want to make a go at this, but I don't want to just have some product, you know, like, Hey, buy my thing that I've yeah. got. It's so great. Right. It's better than those. Like guys, I want to, so. I really want to do something, you know, I want to, I want to make a difference in, in this place that we live in and, um, but also help people go like I want to encourage, you know, I'd say this, but I want to encourage and inspire people to go. And, and I just, I see so often that that kids and younger generations, you know, a, a, a honeybee comes and lands on somebody's shoulder and they're, oh gosh, they're freaking out and they think yeah. it's, you know, going to eat them or yeah. something. The bee's just, you got a, some color on your shirt. You kind of look like a flower. So it's yeah. just checking it out. Nope, no pollen. All it wants is pollen. Yeah. It's not yeah. careless you know, about it. Yeah. The only reason it's going to sting you is if it feels threatened or yeah. the hive's threatened. Uh, but otherwise, if it stings you, it dies. So he's not just flying around like, Hey, let's start stinging people. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so, um, 
the only way that you get comfortable is by doing these things and being out in places and experiencing it in the same way that us going to Mexico was about realizing that we're all the same people, right? We all are trying to make a living for ourselves or for our families. We're, you know, trying to have a roof over our head and, um, and if we have hobbies and interests to go do those things sort of in the, in the after hours, but people want to enjoy life. You know, yeah. there's not a bunch of people in Mexico that are like, you know, in the, and maybe the way that a lot of people think like they just want to kill all the Americans and the cartels are trying to like kill each other and you're going to get shot and they're going right. to steal your car. And it's not that way. There's millions of people down there that are yeah. living just the same way that we're living here. Their language yeah. is different and their culture is different and learn why they do their things and how they do their things and how, how, how does that experience influence the way that we perceive the world and the things that we have and the things that we think we need and the things that we want, you know, and you go down there and you're in a small stone house with no, you can't drink the water. Like you can't even brush your teeth yeah. with the water. Yeah. It's literally a small pump goes up to a tank sitting on the roof and that heats the water for the most part. They're black tanks and then it creates your water pressure. There's no air conditioning and, um, this isn't all Mexico. I'm not saying all Mexico, just this town that we're in right, at least. Yeah, yeah. But but the majority of the construction that I've seen, that's the way the water pressure works. And um, and it's okay. You yeah. know, but people pick up. You know, they don't have these huge street sweepers coming through the town and stuff. Like, each person kind of keeps their area in front of their house clean, and they pick up the trash, and they everybody pitches in yeah. and takes care of it. You know, I mean, it's like a real community effort. Yeah. And – uh anyways it's super neat to see but um and and so really i guess that's still what we want to do and is is help people understand what are the things they're interested in how can we help overcome their concern or overcome their um overcome the unknown just yeah. the yeah. things that they don't know that cause them to pause or to mm -hmm. hesitate right how do we inform them and give them courage and strength to go do these things yeah learn more about that, about themselves and become better people. Yeah. Tune in next week. We're going to visit a local bee farm. <laughs> get swarmed. Yeah. We can't freak out. That's right. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, well, man, speak, uh, what, what, what's, uh, coming up soon for Pac-Man? What are we, uh, what is, what is something to look forward to for, uh, for listeners, for customers? Uh, that's a great thing. Yeah, I mean, we've got, uh, I don't know when this podcast is going to go live, but we've got shirts, a whole that's new run of shirts that we're getting ready right. to release. Shout uh, out. Yep. Super exciting. Um, they fit great. They look great. And um, Coleman's wearing one right now. It's great radio. Great radio. <laughs> Promo. And uh, <laughs> no, but just trying to, you know, people ask us a lot about shirts and hats and stuff. And so trying to figure out how to include improve the accessories where they can take the pack meal lifestyle with them wherever they're at, you know, and, um, and, uh, we've got new hats that are coming out in about eight weeks. So in a couple months, late summer, uh, we'll have some fresh, fresh lids for your noggin. Oh, gosh. Lids. I like and, that. uh, <laughs> and, uh, then just constantly working on products, new products and new things. And, um, uh, we're going to be launching a YouTube channel also that will, 
focus on all these different hobbies and interests and experience that uh, uh, that we just talked about. So this educate and inspire and helping people understand whether it's automotive or hunt or fish or camp or overlanding, all these different worlds that we play in, we find that most of our customers are, are in more than just one of them. And so how can we become a resource that helps them to, uh, to learn more about these things that they're interested in educate and overcome so that they go do it bueno awesome thanks guys yeah this is great mm -hmm, thank uh, you. Uh, can't wait to get this on the air and uh and uh if y'all have any questions is there a way for people to comment or ask us questions yeah you can reach out to uh info at packfield.com actually perfect yep <laughs> well questions um, concerns comments <clears throat> Who's the better looking gentleman on the on the podcast? I don't think you want those answers, Coleman. <laughs> You're probably right. JK, JK. You're probably right. Uh, well, if this is on YouTube, you can uh, yeah. like, subscribe, and uh, comment below. And if you're just tuning in uh, via the podcast, we hope you tune in again. Mm -hmm.